Welcome once again to another edition of At The Buzzer. This is Jack Barsh, your co-host. Over there, your other co-host, Sam Mativier. Sam, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say you're the other co-host. You're my co-host. Mm. You're thank the you. only one I'd want. Okay, thank you. I appreciate and, it. And we're here to finally, finally talk about our namesake in full fashion at the buzzer previewing college basketball CU college basketball I'm very excited I couldn't be more excited I am so happy that basketball is here I don't like the snow so basketball is the only thing I like in the winter and it's inside yeah yes it's inside except I have to take the bus to and from the basketball game so it kind of sucks I mean you could walk uh, I live 30 minute walk away which would suck it yeah, that would suck. <laughs> um, boy, we're here. We're almost here. Uh, this is fresh off of a nice little scrimmage win against the Pomona Pitzer Sage Hens, um, where CU won comfortably, 87-56. Um, and almost on to, I think we're eight days away, nine days away from the Friday night Shanghai matchup against Arizona State, which is strangely a non-conference game. Yeah, it's on November 8th. So, yeah, I, I can't do that math. Whatever uh, whatever day this publishes, I don't even know. Yeah, what, I, I can't possibly put all those numbers in my head. But it's Friday, November 8th. It's in China. It should be very fun for both teams. And that'll tell us almost right off the bat what we're looking at with this experienced, exciting, veteran, talented roster. I don't actually know how much we'll see against Arizona State. Just because the game's in China, there's a lot of travel. Uh... It's a familiar opponent, so that should help, but we just don't – I don't know what to expect with CU when they go to neutral sites. Well, yeah, but this team has played enough games where I guess I'm expecting them to not be Not that. do that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they, they've done that every single year, ever. Um, in a way, I mean, Besides some have been roadproof. That 2013 team before Dinwiddie went down was pretty roadproof. Yeah, but, uh, okay. That's probably the best comparison to this roster in general, so I'll give there you that. There you go. Yeah. Um, so before we fully dig in, just to give you a little, I guess, schedule, what would you call it? Itinerary, maybe? Um, we're going to go over some of the rotation. We're going to go through the schedule, pick some of our favorite games, um, and then talk about some of the Pac-12 at large, who you need to know, who you need to be scared of, which I'm always scared of everybody, um, and some of the best players around the league. Yeah. Are you ready, Sam? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Um, Beautiful. So, first game is against Arizona State, as we discussed. Um, Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a little bit, but the uh, schedule, especially the non-conference schedule this year, sets up really nice for an NCAA tournament bid. Mm -hmm. There's Arizona State, UC Irvine, Kansas on the road, TCU, Probably or, TCU or Clemson, right? Yeah, well, TCU is yeah. better. And then there's and then there's Dayton, plus some other stuff. So it's all Iona tournament team. Yeah, they, these Prairie are all A and M tournament team. Not that those would be impressive, but they're all good games against experienced teams that should prepare CU to go against other experienced. And there's also a nice smattering of um, let's see how we say this um, relaxed. Team wins that should happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Sacramento State should be a nice, nice one sandwiched in between the the Vegas tournament, the MGM main event, and the Kansas road trip. Um, Loyola Marymount similar. 
Northern Iowa is a really good brand name that's fallen on hard times. And then there's also the fun game, always fun game against CSU. Up that in is not a very fun <laughs> game. <laughs> I hate playing them so much. I don't even want to talk about it. See, I don't have the same hate on the basketball side. And that's because you like, you like Colorado State Athletics. That's true. Um, and I do like Nico Medved. I love the type of program he's building. He's not nearly as hateable as um, Larry Eustachie was. Which, okay, that's good. But uh, Yeah. So it's a fun schedule. Lots of um, good teams that should help the tournament resume. Uh, do you have a favorite out of those teams? Do you have a game you're most looking forward to out of those games? I mm, So my favorite game that I'm most looking forward to is probably the loss. Is I'm hoping to go to the game at Kansas. I have a friend who goes to school there, so I can stay uh, there. Mm-hmm. So I can cover that game, see, see Fog Allen Fieldhouse. From press row, no less. Yeah, it could be really good. And, I mean, Kansas is, what, number two or three? In three, the yeah. Preseason poll. So they're going to be really good. See you if they challenge Kansas. That says a lot about them. CU is 27th in the preseason poll right now. Mm-hmm. They received, they're the second of the receiving votes category, which I think is their highest preseason ranking since, oh boy, 2014 maybe? Um, 2013 would make more sense than 2014. Yeah. Uh, so there is rightfully so a lot of pressure on this group, um, and that Kansas road tilt, as Seth Davis says, um, should tell us a little bit about the medal they have. I'm not expecting a win, but it absolutely should be a fun game to watch. It'll be fun, and if we go in thinking it's a loss, it'll be more fun. Right. Uh, I think I'm actually most excited to go to that game against UC Irvine. Um, UC Irvine was a really good tournament team last year, 31 wins, um, and they lost their best player off that team, Max Hazard, I think transferred to Arizona. Is that right? Uh, I can look it up very quickly. Um, he transferred. Arizona. Yeah, to Arizona. Um, and he's a fun guard, but uh, they still have a bunch of – experience coming back they have a really good coach in russell turner um and they play pretty fast uh not sorry not pretty fast pretty fast defensively not fast (laughs) um so they're a really good match for for the way that tad likes to play um and that's a really early contest it's the third game um it's at home and that will tell us like arizona state a little more about this team, what they can do. Can they play against people with contrasting styles? Can they play against a good, solid defensive team um, that's probably going to make the tournament again? Yeah, I, those are exciting. Uh, I'm very nervous about the Arizona State game, although I'm, I'm extremely nervous. I, I'm excited for the season to start, but I'm nervous about the Arizona State game because I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about the game at Dayton because it's going to be in Chicago, and they're very good. We saw that at Coors events or at yeah. CU event center. But here's the smart thing about the schedule is that's mm-hmm. that's a neutral site game against a good team, right? Mm-hmm. The Clemson or TCU matchup, should that happen at the NGM main event, either one of those teams is going to be a neutral site game against a good team. This Arizona State matchup is a neutral site game, non-conference against a good team. None of that will hurt your RPI, even if they're losses. Um, same with that. I Kansas don't care about the game. RPI. I want the wins. I also want the wins, but I also want to go to the, the tournament, and those are all positive steps towards the tournament. Yes, this is very consciously built to test CU and to build the resume even with losses, you could say. Yep, yep, absolutely. 
Um, so we talked about our favorite games in these non-conference. Do you see any trap games? Is there anything you're looking at saying, oh, God, why are we playing them? Well, other than CSU, uh, which they're not good. We just play down not, to their level every time. I don't think that's true. They have won like 21 games the past two years combined. Right. And we beat them the past two years. We no, did we not. lost them McKinley's freshman year, but we were also not that good. Yep, but <laughs> uh, I don't know enough about these teams. I just I know which teams are bad. I know which teams are good. I'm probably most scared of San Diego. Maybe I don't know. Yep, they play very slow. They beat us last year. Did they beat us they, the year before? To be too? fair, they yeah they have lost almost all of those players. Eddie Pinero's not Eddie Pinero. Isaiah Pinero's gone. Who had a triple double against us last year? Mm, I didn't see that game. I was not in the country. Yeah, and the Isaiah Wright transfer from Utah, who was a really good, experienced guard. Those are both; they're both gone. Um, you know, Utah, Utah lost like all of their players. It's like all freshmen on the team. You are jumping the gun, Sam. Okay. I was just um, giving you a tidbit. I don't want to talk about Utah later. Well, we we're going to, but we don't have to talk about every team. Okay, you your spots. I don't want to talk about Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm probably most uh, scared of either the, the home tilt against North, Northern Iowa um, or against Iona. Both of those teams I have fantastic, experienced coaches that have been there a long time and, and can instill their own program. Um, Northern Iowa is a wasteland of talent right now, um, but they still have a good coach, and they have a guy named Taiwan Pickford, who is mm-hmm. one of the best rebounding guards in the country. And here is your strange stat. Why does Jack know that? Fact of the day, Taiwan Pickford went to um, he went to uh, high school, I believe, with McKinley Wright um, in Minneapolis, or at least played against McKinley Wright in Minneapolis. And they're both really good rebounding guards. So Taiwan's has about six inches on him. So, um, interesting, but he's a great rebounding guard and he can do a lot of things. Um, basically cleaning up the trash on offense. Um, just a good hustle player. And Ben Jacobson, who's the coach in Northern Iowa, always scares me. Um, he will not, he will always beat someone he shouldn't, which this year is a lot because they should not be favorable. <laughs> okay. um, and it's the same with Iona. Iona has Tim Clewis as a head coach who's pretty solid there. Um, and they always have a, some lead guard that comes out of nowhere and plays super well. Shout out to Scott Machado. Oh, that's right. God, uh, NCAA assist leader, correct? Mm-hmm. Am I making that up? No, you're yeah. not. Yeah, he is. Yeah, exactly. They always have someone like that. Um, let's see. I believe, yeah, Tim Clewis is still there. Last year they made the tournament because of a miracle run in their conference championship. Um, but they still made, made the tournament, and they showed out well there. Looks like their miracle guard this year is going to be EJ Crawford. Didn't, didn't they have a losing record last year? They ended up at 17 and 16. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but they have two, they have a guard coming back, EJ Crawford, who averaged 18 points last year. Um, and he's six, six. That's a guy that if he goes off, he can just beat you. Well, these aren't, to be fair, none of these teams are like South Dakota state where they have like a Mike Dom. Mike Dom. It was like, just like none of these teams have the best player on the floor. Well, not, not this year. No, but that's why I'm scared of them. Not necessarily predicting a loss. Okay. Um, okay, what what would be the loss that Sioux shouldn't have in the non-con? Uh, I would say one of those two are Wyoming. Do we have to talk about Wyoming? No, I purposely okay. have not brought them up. Okay, you want to move <laughs> on to the to the Pac-12 season? 
Yeah, sure. Okay, so my caveat is we have no idea what CEO will look like a week from now. So we mm -hmm. certainly have no idea what they will look like in January or February. Mm -hmm. However, we need to talk about this mm -hmm. because it's something to talk about. <laughs> okay, caveat aside, what's, your, um, what's, your, what's the game you're most excited for? Um, what's the game I'm most excited for? I am looking at that home game against Washington uh, January 25th. I am afraid of that game. Very afraid. Oh, boy. Don't be afraid. Be excited. Be excited. That will I'm hopefully... afraid. I'm afraid of Washington because Matisse Thibel destroyed us every oh, single God. game, and he I love him so much. He caused mental scars. He is my he favorite caused mental player. scars. He, um, had, he had two blocks and three steals in the first quarter off the bench last night against the Hawks. And that's in a real NBA game. That's in the NBA. And he, he's just absurd. I just, I love him so much. Okay, we can't, we can't, no, we can't left turn in the NBA talk as much as you want to. I will I absolutely know, I'm keep done. us on I'm the done. train. I just wanted to say that this is why I'm scarred by Washington basketball. They're coming in. I Is that, is that the weekend that students get back from break? January, January 25th? 25th? No, absolutely not. We, we're coming in earlier. We're probably okay. coming in January. I, I mean, I graduated, so I'm not, I don't know why I said we. January 13th, probably. Okay. Well, the, so Maybe. students will be fully back. And it'll yeah. hopefully be, hopefully, a, be a, a ranked versus ranked matchup um, and not January 25th. And if CU yeah. can and grab CU's that win, if CU can grab that win, I believe we only play the Washington schools once. So they only visit us. We don't have to visit yeah. that terrible, terrible floor in the Alaska Airlines arena. Um, By the way, CU is 27th on the preseason poll. Washington's 26th. Right. And both, I think, are underrated right now. Um, yeah. They have so much talent, and that's a one, one time you play them. And I think if, if CU can win that game, it's a very interesting race to the finish on who's on top of the conference. Yeah, I think so. The preseason poll had Oregon uh, as the favorite, but I just don't see that. We can talk about it. Uh, I still think I think Washington should be the favorite alongside Colorado. Yeah, I and think Oregon. we're aligned there. Uh, who's your favorite? What's your favorite team? Are we not going to talk about their players? Well, no, we have to talk about the games first, then we get to the players. Well, no, no, no. Washington's players make them scary because they have Isaiah Stewart. And Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, they're both like top ten prospects in the NBA draft. They're both yep. freaks in different ways. McDaniels they lost, is, they lost David or they lost David Crisp. They lost um T Steibel, obviously. And um they lost Jalen Noel, the player yep. Pac-12 player of the year. Even though Thibel should God, have I love Jalen Noel. I like Noel way more than I like than you like uh Thibel. Thibel should have won Pac-12 player of the year. Noel can't hurt us anymore. God, that guy was smooth. Um, but just going through some of their roster, they have a lot of freshmen and sophomore, but all, almost all of them are um, four or five stars. Almost all of them are huge. They have Quade Green coming in from Kentucky, who's a huge uh, guard transfer. Um, and they still have some really athletic, bouncy wings to play that 2-3 zone. Including Jamal Bay, Tyler's cousin. Tyler's cousin, Jamal Bay. Um but they have so much size on the inside, skilled size, which CU struggles with. But if CU can pull that off, boy, howdy, that's, 
that makes his team next level. This will also be like as much zone as the Pac-12 is playing nowadays. CU should be adjusted to it, but that zone still scares me. Yeah, I think that'll I, be a test. I will say the one thing I think CU has over them, and it's a pretty big thing, is without Jalen Noel out there playing solid defense, I think McKinley Wright can absolutely feast against the tiny Quade Green or the, the inexperienced Elijah Hardy. I, don't, I, I thought you called Quade Green a huge guard just as He is a ago. huge guard transfer, but he is oh. – <laughs> I don't know. I, I watch a, a lot huge, of Kentucky basketball. Not not a huge guard, but like a big transfer. A big addition, yeah. Yes, okay. He, I watch a lot of Kentucky basketball. The man can shoot. Kentucky in and out of games mm-hmm. is, is basically what he, he he will shoot you in and out of games defensively not much but he is an offensive dynamo he's a he's a Vinnie Johnson microwave character stop talking about Vinnie Johnson um, I love Vinnie Johnson Dennis Smith by the way looks terrible just to let you know I don't I mean that was he your looks great Johnson. he looks great but he plays terribly yeah um, but he looks great <laughs> okay my most exciting game is a home game or as you know you could put the the away wait shit we don't play uc usc it on the road yes we do yeah we do okay i think both of the usc games will be very fun the bad blood yeah the bad blood i want to see it i want to see uh nick rekasevich get kicked out is he still there yes Jeez. is it rekasevich or rekasevich it's rekasevich uh, i messed it up that's fine. You and Bill Walton. Um, I think I got it from Bill Walton. USC last year, for those who don't remember, is the infamous Tad yelling at the CU crowd and then getting a bear hug from Rick George after a nice gutsy road win. Um, and Andy Enfield getting a little bit upset about it for no reason. Well, that's because they had bad blood from the year before when Tad said it was more meaningful to beat USC because they had the FBI investigations into them. Well, yeah, and because they have all this talent that I believe Tad was saying they don't deserve. But yeah. um, boy, howdy. Yeah, that those should be fun games, man. So, yeah. There needs to be more basketball bad blood in the Pac-12. Everyone's too nice. Yeah, USC isn't going to be that great. They'll be solid, but those are both games that you should win, but... They don't have Jordan McLaughlin anymore. Yeah. The man scares me to death. Um, and they, is not very good, nor is he even there. No, Elijah Stewart <laughs> is gone, I believe. Um, man, who do they have? <laughs> uh, Rakosovic. They have Isaiah Mobley, the five-star freshman. That's right. Uh, I think – is that it? Shit. Charles O'Bannon's pretty smooth on the outside. Um, Charles O'Bannon Jr. to you. <laughs> Charles O'Bannon, oh, by the way. Oh, that's right. They have Drake London, football, basketball. He plays both sports. I forgot about him. Um, he's a freak, too. Um, they have Ethan Anderson, who CU was briefly in on as a as a freshman recruit. He's coming in. He's going to play league guard. Um, just a lot of athletes. Jonah Matthews can yeah. shoot him in games. Boy, they're going to be fun, too. Yeah, so I th- I'm really excited for that. No one that scary, though. I'm not that scared yeah. of anyone. Else. I'm not scared of them. I'm just excited because I want it to be like a 30-point blowout, like CU playing Oregon last year. Yes. Also, I mean, CU's home game against Oregon will be fun again this year. Yes, yeah, and that'll be a similar thing where that might be ranked unranked. Yeah. Um, okay, what about most nervous game? Uh, in conference season? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. If we're going off of... Let's do historical precedent. That uh, last game against Utah at Utah is going to be terrifying. So CU will finish the year, by the way, playing USC, UCLA at home, and then at Cal and Stanford, and then at Utah. Yeah, 
I'm like, thinking that should be a four game win streak. Ooh, I'm not, I can't do that. Okay. Cal and Sanford are both terrible and they have no home court advantage. Right. But it's, it's, that's my it's CU basis. though. I, that that's, that's three road games to end the year. That's tough to say, hey, win three straight road games, college basketball. Well, I didn't say they'd beat Utah, but yes, it'll be USC, UCLA, which should be. Oh, you're saying those four. Yeah, and then Cal and Stanford should be wins. Yeah. That Utah game is nervous, though. Then you get to at Utah. Yeah, I mean, they're depleted, but they still have Larry Kostowiak, who who just knows how to play offense against that Boyle. Um, And they still have the John L. Huntsman Center. Um, full of fifteen thousand raging lunatics. They also so. have they also have Timmy Allen, who absolutely destroyed CU as a freshman last year. Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. Um, <laughs> to be fair, though, CU did not have McKinley write that game, and they were scared. They didn't know what to do. Well, yeah, they, that's that's how you develop the depth that we so desperately have. So not so desperately. So have an overabundance this year is by having McKinley Wright out, and then one of the four freshman guards has to get dunked on by another freshman guard. Um, yeah, that that at Utah game scares me. They just have uh, they're always hard to play, especially at home, um, and that might have real implications with the conference tournament this year. Hopefully, mm-hmm. if all goes well, see you. So um, the CU schedule is set up for them to succeed. To be fair. They yes. only have three conference games that they probably should lose, and that's Arizona, Arizona State, and then Oregon all on the road. Right. Uh, I mean, should lose, yes, but they, you know they're probably going to drop another one. Yeah, I think the one that I think it will be would be at Oregon State. Is that your scared game? Yeah, that's my scared game because we struggle at Oregon State. We're going to come off a game against Oregon that should be emotional possibly emotionally draining. Uh, is Trace Tinkle still there to hurt us? Yes, he is. Oh, my God. How? Ethan Thompson. How? He's Ethan been Thompson's there forever. There. So but the Ethan, other one isn't, right? Stevie graduated. Oh, thank God. So Stevie Thompson graduated, but Ethan Thompson's still there to defend McKinley Wright with all his 6'5 frame. I mean, this team is going to be the same team they were last year, where it's Trace Tinkle and it's a Thompson brother, and everyone else has to try to score somewhere. Yeah, well, it's going to be Oregon State, but more depleted. Yeah. God, yeah, they they scare me too. And Kyler Kelly is a really good shot blocker. And we lost to them at home last year. Yes, we did. However, that comes with the caveat of Tyler Bay disappeared that game. I don't know where he went, but he got benched for Alex Strotting, which is bad. Well, remember, Tab Boyle said the same thing, which is why we love him so much. He said he challenged Tyler Bay after that game to basically uh, be the bully that he can be, and now we have this. Well, then Tyler Bay the next game absolutely decimated Oregon. Right. Oh, God, that's so, a fun game. So hope I don't think we will have that, Tyler Bay. Yeah, so just real quick going through the Pac-12 schedule as a whole before we move on to the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, CU has, what is it, five of their first seven games in the, in the conference at home? Oregon, mm-hmm. Oregon State, Utah, yep. Wazoo, and Washington um, with, a, with a road trip to the Arizonas sandwiched in between there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a fun – I believe, other than Washington State, who will once again be awful, that w- I would say that's probably the top seven teams in the conference, right? CU, Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, Washington. You're missing USC, but yeah. 
or maybe UCLA. UCLA has talent. Maybe drop off uh, Utah somewhere in there. Um, I don't think Utah will be up there. I just don't know what to think of UCLA yet. But anyways, they start with five of seven on the road, uh, at home, I mean, and then they end with a, uh, three straight on the road at the very end with their home home game stand between USC and UCLA. Um, they have to go to the Oregon schools, um, and they have to go to the LA schools. They luckily get to play California twice and Stanford twice. Um, Both of whom are ass. But they unluckily have to play Arizona uh, hold on. No, they don't. They they only get to go to the Arizona schools. We don't get the Arizona schools at home this year. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Well, we just own them at home. Yeah. Well, we own everybody at home. To be fair. Almost. Besides Washington. Almost everybody. <laughs> Besides Washington and apparently Oregon State. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's a that's a the schedule pretty much. It's a fun schedule. That is a fun schedule. Yes. So if the non con the non conference schedule set up for CU to test themselves then the conference schedule is set up for them to reel off a bunch of wins uh yeah at least early on too um which is important to get the momentum um with that being said what makes us so confident that they're going to get these wins sam well it's that we have two proven superstars (laughs) (laughs) um evan batty who should be a star i think then deshaun schwartz could be a fourth star Okay. Wow. I think that's a little bit of a leap, but I wrote an article today that will be published tomorrow morning saying why I think it'll be, he'll take the leap. Okay. So if you have three stars, another one who's a potential star, and then five through 10 are all very good players who can all vie for different minutes in different spots. It's just a deep team with star talent, with experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they all play so well together. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's a good. Team. I'm excited too. Um, I I don't know if I can go as far as you, but this team has. I I mean, it has every ingredient you want to look at in a tournament team. They have um, entrenched, I guess, respected leaders in McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay and Evan Batty. Everyone knows who runs this team, and it's McKinley Wright. Um, everyone knows that he should run this team. Um, so there's not, there's not really there's, – there's no leadership gap. There's talent at every position across everyone, the board. Everyone knows their role. Everyone knows their role. They've played together for two years. They've, they've been in the crucible for two years, learning how to play with each other. Um, important talent is coming back in the form of Dallas Walden. Um, and – there's versatility there's talent there's experience there's leadership um there is there's there's a lack i guess of ego fighting or egos there's there's breakout potential for young players yep breakout potential for young players exciting talent um and there's a schedule that sets up for them to really succeed um and I, i guess a coach that has been there for 10 like there's no coaching change it's other than of course um Kim English moving on at, mm-hmm. at, the, at an assistant spot, which might also be a good thing. Because um, Anthony Coleman has been pretty good so far. At least at recruiting, absolutely. But every ingredient that you want to look for in a tournament team is there in this team. Um, national media sees that, and we absolutely see that, just looking at the team mm-hmm. um, and, and just watching them practice or watching them at the scrimmage. Um, I kind of wish I kind of wish that they were overlooked too, so they could have the pissed-off... 
I would say that they are still kind of being overlooked. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. I, 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 I am in love with this team. See, <sighs> this is my issue with you. <laughs> Why? You, you are projecting wins that I'm projecting losses at. And you're, you have a higher expectation of the team as a whole, but, I, but I'm criticized for liking Deshaun Schwartz to break out. So I'll just, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I don't think I'm projecting wins where you have losses. Okay. No, maybe not. Well, anyways, it, 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 oh, man. it's just talent across the board. And we, we've watched these players for what now? 60 games, 50 games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I like what I've seen. And I continue to like what I see. Um, and the fact that we have one to two years left with them is awesome. It, it like this year should set up to be a very fun year to watch. Um, not even like wins and losses, obviously, but they they should just be fun to watch. Oh. They're they're versatile too. They can beat teams in a lot of different ways, which I'm excited for. Yep. Um, so without further ado, I guess let's do a little rundown. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean we saw a little peek into the obviously the tabloid mentality that we all know and love when he started Eli Parquet. Yeah. So can I say the starters? Yeah, absolutely. The starters? Okay, so point guard's McKinley Wright. Yep. A shooting guard, surprise, is Eli Parquet, the sophomore guard from Texas. Then a small forward is Deshaun Schwartz. Power forward is Tyler Bay. And center is Evan Batty. Okay? Yes, and this was against Pomona Pitzer. Yes, who yeah. was pretty big for a D3 team. Mm-hmm. And Jack Boyle, I believe, son of Tad, had the only double-double in the game. He also got dunked on. Well, also, of course, <laughs> there's no more Tab Oil player. Um, yeah, Parquet, I believe Tab Oil said his reasoning was in the most Tab Oil way possible, that Parquet was just the most solid defensively. Um, so he rewarded Tab, or Parquet with, for his defensive effort by starting him. Um, you watched the game. You were on press row for that. How did he look? He looked fantastic on defense. There you go. Yeah, he's really good. He... I mean, he's 6'3 and built like a running back. He's so long. Man, and he's, he's so yes, long. He's very long, very strong, very quick feet. He can also block shots, which he did. He's a very good help defender with steals and block shots. He just yeah, pull- he actually had a few of those last year where he, he comes from behind and kind of does the mind genome block where he just wipes, I was it, thinking, just wipes it out. I was thinking KJ McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You go KJ McDaniels, I'll go mind Ginobili. <laughs> I love KJ McDaniels, but we are not here to talk about KJ McDaniels. No. Nope. I don't even know if our listeners really know who he is. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think there's a lot of Clemson fans uh, in this Sixers process fans. Anyways, um, that was a surprise because I think all of us had one of Shane Gatling, Dalen Kuntz, or Maddox Daniels plugged in for that spot. I had um, Gatling. I don't, think Kuntz is, I don't think Kuntz is a good fit for the starting lineup because he's like kind of a creator. Right. And I think that he needs to be on the bench where they need his scoring. I like Parquet as a starter who doesn't necessarily play the most minutes with the starters. I like him right. as a defense first, fifth guy, doesn't really get the ball on offense. Mm-hmm. And he'll cut and spot up in the corner, and that's what he does. I like that. 
as a starter. Yeah, because you can't, I mean, yeah, the nice thing about Coons is he, when he has the ball in his hands, he creates good things. But when you're next to McKinley Wright, you're not going to have that very often. Yeah, so, it's it's overlapping skill sets. And Tad Boyle has also said previously that he thinks Parquet is the best cutter on the team. Yes. Um, He's also a good a, rebounder. Yep. And, well, is he? Well, mm, am I projecting? I think he's just big and jumps high, so I assume he's a good rebounder. Um, next to McKinley and and when Evan Batty's in the lineup, I think it's important to have a good cutter because both of those will find you if you are mm-hmm. open. I agree with that. Um, so Evan, or Dallas Walton started this year on the bench, but I believe he came off the bench pretty early, which is a good sign for everyone to see um, after his terrible knee injury he suffered last year. Um, Kate Dalen Koontz was also pretty quick off the bench. Um, and then who was next? Probably Seward. I wasn't paying attention to okay. who, like how quickly, because I assumed they're just they're playing a D three team, so I think they were just like putting. Oh yeah. In. Well, and, and see, you looked dominant as you'd expect in the first half, so they yeah. I think they experimented a lot more in the second half. Um, well, the second half was not great. It was pretty yeah. bad. So yes, that's what I. Well, <laughs> explain why. What what made it bad? Well, I mean, they got out rebounded. I don't know why I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, <laughs> they 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 were playing walk-ons and they were playing offenses without McKinley or Batty, right? Um, so they just like they didn't really have an idea of what to do offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's more experimenting going on. Um, I think it's hard for the players to get the rebounding effort up against a D three team where you're winning by whatever it was. Yeah. Um, which, which might – Tad Boyle, I guess, would count as a character flaw. I don't know if I can get go that far. But. I think the, the, that that could be a good thing because Tad will rip into them. Oh, yeah, or, and he did. I mean, yeah. the first thing he said after the game, I believe, was we got out-rebounded, which is ridiculous. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, just going through some of the stats from that scrimmage, uh, Deshaun Swartz was our leading scorer with 15. Um, he was he seven only, to 10 from the field. Yeah. He was six of seven on the first half too. And he, but he missed one. He was one out of four from three, which is interesting. Um, it's, it's fine. He, Batty was shooting. next with 13 points. Um, I believe most that was in like the first five minutes. Is that right? Yeah. I think he had 11 points in the first five. Yeah. Um, after that, it was pretty much a balanced bench effort, uh, scoring-wise. Mm-hmm. McKinley and Bay and Parquet all had two points each, so it was an obvious thing not to get them that involved. Um, but Maddox Daniels had nine, Koontz had nine, Dallas Walton had nine, Seward had eight, Shane Gatling seven, Seward Stratting also had looked four, lost, and Keyshawn Bartholomew was seven. I think that's just his face, Sam. No, no, he <laughs> tried posting up a few times, lost the ball immediately. It yep. was. Not great. That's not his spot. Well, Posting up is not his spot. Yeah. You just want a six foot ten power forward to be able to post up on a D3 center, but, you know. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. Yep, Mick and Jagger I that. don't always want him on the floor. Um, <laughs> We're going to fight about this. We will all season. Um, I don't mind him, by the way. I just, Two or three from three. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. The, yeah. the, the team is good. It's deep. It has star power. <laughs> yeah, so we just mentioned just about everyone, but we can go through a little deeper. Um, I guess I <laughs> would say, to. yeah, I would say McKinley and Tyler, the, the, the only established stars. I don't know yes. if I would say that Batty's a star. I think he is absolutely – he is one of the best third players on any team in the country. Yes. 
I agree. I think that will make him a star. He is an emerging star. There we go. He's going to be a star. No one questions it. He has the gravity force of a star. Yes, because his ass is, his <laughs> ass is so girthy. He sets the best screens in the country. Change my mind. Does Nick anyone Ward? set better screens than Evan Batty? Does Nick Ward not? Is he still in college? I believe so. There's no possible way that Nick Ward is still playing at Michigan State. Come on. The guy is like 80 years old. Wait a second. No, he signed with the pro team. God damn it. Ha ha ha. He's playing in Turkey. Ugh. Okay. Bonzi, Bonzi Colson is gone, right? <laughs> yes, he's been gone. Okay. I well, have him on my team in 2K, by the way. I developed him into an 85 overall player. Should. He's fantastic. He's worth developing. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I would say Evan Patty's a good third player. You could even say, I mean, there is a case to be made. I think people would make that case that Deshaun Schwartz is actually the third best player on that team. Yeah, I think that he's a two-way like he's a legit great player on two ways or he can be a legit he, he is i i mean defensively he's he's kind of limited in athleticism but he always is in position and he's way more physical than you expect him to be on the wing mm-hmm. he's big i don't he's know if people now. realize this he's like six seven two twenty or whatever and, but he's like a good six seven well yeah this this is what uh this is what we said when this 2017 recruiting class signed is it was mckinley wright a small guard and then it was four people who are all the exact same size Mm-hmm. Um, Lazar Nikolic, uh, who is playing professionally now. Oh my God, I forgot he was in that class. Yep, Lazar Nikolic, who is six seven, Deshaun Schwartz, who's six seven, Evan Batty, who's six seven, and Tyler Bay, who's six seven. They're all pretty much the same height, but they all have completely different games. Yep. Evan Batty is six seven two eighty. Deshaun Schwartz is six seven two ten, but grounded. Tyler Bay is six seven two twenty, but you know, leapy. And Lazar Nikolic was six seven two ten, and the opposite of athletic. Whatever that is. Um, Without a shot. Yeah. But Schwartz is crafty. Uh, he knows how to do positioning. He's, he's, he, I mean, he ran the show in Sand Creek in Colorado Springs for four years. So he kind of knows what to do with the ball a lot of the time. I think mm-hmm. he's one of the best drivers on the team, bar none. Um, and he has a lethal shot. I think he has a chance to be this team's leading scorer unless McKinley takes that himself. Um, uh, I don't – yeah. I don't think he'll be the leading scorer. But <laughs> Maybe someday. I think there will be a few games absolutely. Because, I mean, like Schwartz will play like maybe like 27 a game, 27 minutes a game. McKinley's going to be playing 35 minutes. Yeah, but I, idealistically, I don't know how many shots we want McKinley to take. It'll depend on the game. Um <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. It could be like four players averaging 14 a game, which would be nice. Well, that would, yeah, that would leave not a lot of points for the bench to score. Well, by historical tabloid averages. I think, well, they'll, they'll probably score more than normal because they're going to be playing fast paced. Um, is, that, is that a real thing? Is that confirmed that they're playing faster? I think so. I mean, they were playing fast, they were going balls out uh, in the first half. Yeah. Fast. Well, the other thing that we should mention with that is it would make sense because I think a lot of the personnel on this team is also suited, suited to the fast break. Yeah, like Evan Batty, perfect fast break center. <laughs> he, hey, he threw some perfect dimes. I was about to say, outlet passes. Yep. And Koontz is a uh, he is a fast break player. I think he uh, he needs to score on the fast break before he scores in the half in the half court sets. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just where he thrives. He is in open court. He's fast. He knows what to do with the ball. He's decisive, and he can absolutely yam on some folks if he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Bay, perfect four to yep. run. McKinley, another great fast break player, always in control. And he's um, a re- he's going to re- rebound, six rebounds a game, run the break. Shane Gatling, another great fast break player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Be fun. This team has plenty of different ways to score. It can post up if it needs to. Dallas Walden is really good in the post. Um, how did he look against Pomona Pitzer? I mean, he he didn't get that many looks, but he looked fantastic. Yeah, he posted up. He played ten minutes. Uh, he scored nine points in those ten minutes, and then he left. Yeah, he posted up a couple times, hit his shots, some nice ready hooks. Um, he's bigger than he used to be, so he's strong. Uh, and then he hit a three at the top of the arc, which I'm happy if he's hitting. Yeah, he has a beautiful. Well, he's a beautiful stroke, and it's always yeah. been there. Um, he just hasn't ever shot it that often. Yeah, and um, if he once he shoots it and he proves himself a shooter, teams will guard him out there, which makes him much more valuable in offense. Yep. I yeah. He he was already a pretty good offensive weapon just because of how skilled he is. Um and I think he's probably a best post scorer. I mean, uh Evan Batty's a good post player. I don't know if he's a best post scorer. Okay. Well that's because most of his posting is passing right he i think he's good down there i but i also like him in the high post just to let people cut off him a little easier um, um it, yeah anyways this this team is is built on the back let's let's i'll, I'll put it to you this way is the 2017 recruiting class depending on the, how this year goes the best recruiting class in colorado history i mean i've called it that i don't know <laughs> I don't know CU historically. I know historically they've been bad at basketball, just straight up. <laughs> Chauncey okay. could be Chauncey could be a recruiting class by himself. Yeah, um, there's also then, this one with the Skia Booker and Spencer Dinwiddie in it. But was it just them two? No. Who else was in that? Uh oh boy, let's see if I can remember if it was anyone of note. That would be the what 2012, 2011 Colorado recruiting class. Eleven. Um, who else was in that? That was a year before the Scott class. That was Bo Gamble. No, Dinwiddie, Skia Booker, Damian Kane, who never did anything. Uh, Bo Webb. Bo Gamble. Bo Webb. I'm telling you, Bo Gamble was in that. No, he was. Well, yeah, sure. Do we count him as a? Is that a good thing? No. Well, I mean. Bo, if you're listening, it's a great thing. Um, I think it was just those two. Yeah, so, yeah. But still, <laughs> Bo Gamble was in that class. Uh, a freshman class that could have been great. Uh, well, and if you count it as a transfer, Carlin Brown is also in that class. I don't count that. Um, <laughs> then there's also a freshman class with, uh, oh, never mind, this wasn't that great. Okay. George King and Trayshawn Fletcher. And uh, was that Dustin Thomas? Was that that yeah. class? Dustin and Thomas, Jerron Hopkins? Yeah, it's that class. Oh, yeah, what a class. Um, Very talented class. We can say I, I would say that, depending on this year, how this year goes, that this was absolutely the best recruiting class ever for CU. If mm-hmm. they make the tournament and, and, more importantly, win in the tournament, uh, the 2017 recruiting class, I mean, that it is the, they are the whole... They are the team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, those, are the Schwartz, four, those are the four major players. Yeah, McKinley Wright, obviously, is already going down as an all-time great. Uh, Evan Batty, already going down as an all-time fan favorite. 
And he's also going to be like a 25-year-old senior at the end of the yep. day. Tyler Bay, already an NBA player. Deshaun Schwartz, probably the, the biggest breakout coming. And Lazar Nikolic was great for one year. <laughs> he was very mediocre for one year. But I mean, we, he had potential. I actually liked, liked some of Yeah, I liked some of the stuff he brought. Anyways... This roster is deep. It's talented. There's shooting. There's scoring. There's driving. There's defense. Not as much defense as I'd like, but there's defense. Um, and we don't know exactly what Max Daniels is going to do this year. Yeah. Um, he seems like a pretty well-rounded player, actually. Yeah, he's the six foot six transfer guard, who's a good shooter. We don't. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I didn't second year much. running. <clears throat> second year running that Tab Boyles is taking the best shooter in the junior college ranks and and brought them to CU. Which, not a bad idea. No. Um, yeah, so we'll see with him. We'll see with a lot of players. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of players have a high ceiling, so we'll see how much they scratch that. Yep. Um, we could see, like, if, God forbid, injuries, the only players that are irreplaceable are uh, Wright and Bay. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they just have talents that not a lot of people in the, in the country have. Mm-hmm. So um, before we move on, who's your breakout player? Not Deshaun. We can't say Deshaun Schwartz. Who's the guy that you that's going to do better than people think? I mean, Schwartz is my pick, but uh, everyone like bench player. Let's say a bench player. I mean, uh, this is pretty easy. Uh, that's going to be Dalen Coons. But right, you do love his game. Yes, I like Dalen Coons' game, all except for the Andrew Wigginitis. Uh, that he has. Which is what? Which is uh, having an open three, pump faking, pulling up, dribbling into the defender, and shooting a mid-range shot. I do like that move. <laughs> um, Bad well, basketball. I see. My pick's a little different. Uh, I think better than people think. Once again, I am still riding the Lucas Seward tra- train, four years running. Um, <sighs> his role is so defined now. Yes. I think he... I, he shoots well, probably 65% of the time. If he does that again, he will win CU games where that they otherwise would have lost. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like Seaward with a very defined, focused role. Which I think he has. And I'm, I'm so, I yes. hope, I hope, I hope he can be the seven points a game scorer, hit, hit a three, get, get a foul drawn, play okay defense, and then get out player that he can be. Yeah, and then like I could see him being like one of those random role players who busts out in a big game when they need them. Yep, exactly. Shane Gatling can do that too, by the way. Um, I agree. Okay, I wanted you to pick an all Pac-12, like what you think the final all Pac-12 basketball team will look like. Okay, and I will do that. Um, so at lead guard, this is absolutely a homer pick, McKinley Wright. I don't think that's a homer pick. I think he'll be Pac-12 player of the year. Uh, wow. Are you really saying that? I think it's either him or Isaiah Stewart. Wow. Not, no Trace Tinkle? No. I'm not giving Pac-12 player of the year to the sixth uh, Pac-12 team. I don't even know who, what, one of the many Oregon transfers. Shaker Joyston. Shaker Joyston's my favorite. No Nico Mannion over in Arizona? Lonzo Ball didn't even win Pac-12 player of the year. That is scary. That's Dylan scary. Brooks won it. Yep. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. McKinley Wright, lead guard. Um. Okay. Then I'm probably gonna go. 
Let's see here. Uh, Nico Mannion. Yeah. But there's Peyton Pritchard. I think it's probably Nico Mannion. Um, that, that, that's the Arizona five-star. That's the, the Arizona five-star, the, the latest guard you, as they call themselves, player. Why? Maybe Peyton Pritchard. I do hate Peyton Pritchard, but maybe him. Do they really get to be guard you for putting out TJ McConnell? They call themselves point guard you. I'm not saying okay. it's correct. They are saying it's correct. Okay. Um, and then in the wing spots, I will uh, probably put Isaiah Stewart, if you count him as a wing. I'm counting I, on the inside. I count him as a power forward center. Okay. Uh, I'll do Remy Martin because I love Remy Martin so very much. Guard. Do you realize he's 5'11"? He is an off guard. It's college basketball. Size does not matter that much. Um, also, it's two guards and three forwards, I believe. Okay. Well, okay, fine. He's not, a guard. He's not a forward. I'll do McKinley and I'll do Remy Martin then. You can take Nico. And then I'll do uh, Isaiah Stewart. I'll do probably Trace Tinkle, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and then I'll probably do Timmy Allen. Yeah, I was going to pick Timmy Allen too. Yeah, I think he's really forward. good. Uh, I'm going to drop Tinkle and then put Shakur Joyston. Did you pick Tyler Bay? No. Oh, not okay. on the first team. I'll pick uh, – well, the first team is actually 10. I don't know why the Pac-12 does this. Uh, uh, well, we don't have to do that. Yeah, We're we not under their that. law. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go McKinley Wright, Nico Mannion, uh, Tyler Bay, Isaiah Stewart, and then Shakur Joyston at Oregon, the UNLV transfer. Yeah, he is bouncy. Yes, that's why I like him. He's a rebounder. Man, Oregon has such an Oregon team this year. It is. Wow. Dana Altman's mirror image again. Can you just, say what it is? Yeah, I'll just keep going. So it's a lot of freshmen, as you'd expect, talented freshmen with a lot of transfers moved in there as well. Um, and it's just a bunch of freaky, long, skinny dudes who can run you up and down the floor mixed with a bunch of shooters. So Peyton Pritchard is back, lead guard. He is solid. He can shoot well. Not that athletic. He's the Casey Benson heir apparent. Well, he's um, better than Casey Benson. Next to him is probably Will Richardson, uh, who's a freshman last year, five-star. I don't want to say the Oregon starting lineup, but yeah. Yeah, but he's another crazy, you know, offensive dynamo. He could be a breakout. Shakur Joyston is a defensive freak um, who's like Tyler Bay, prop, I mean, on steroids, figuratively and maybe not. Um, <laughs> he can jump out of the gym. He's really aware on defense and he's a fifth year senior. So that always helps. Um, then they have Infali Dante who might not be eligible for most of the I think he's year. eligible uh, in the second semester. Another great freshman, huge guy, 6'11", defensive powerhouse. CJ Walker on the outside, 6'8", freshman, skinny. He's just going to dunk your doors off. Um, and they have Addison Patterson, who is a big point guard. They always like those weird – Lewis King types. Um, Anthony Mathis, they got from New Mexico, pure shooter. Um, just uh, just like a weird mix of like athletic defenders and then solid defensive players and then also shooting. Which it's, wins them a lot of games. And yeah. it, I think that it's a three-team race, CU, Washington, and Oregon. Yep. Arizona, if Nico Mannion has like a Lonzo Ball type season, which if he won't. Sean Miller can get out of his own way, which he won't because he never has. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's those three teams up top, Arizona, and then Arizona State as the fifth team. And I think those five teams will get to the tournament. 
And then after going from five to sixth in the Pac-12 is a huge drop this year. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else will even, like, maybe Oregon State makes the NIT, but after that, I don't think anybody's going to be, like... Yeah, let's really briefly good. touch on some some of the new coaches in the Pac-12. I believe I, there's only two turnovers. Um, so Washington State fired Ernie Kent, finally. Rip. Um, and because of that, they lost a few of their best players, which means a depleted ro- roster. Who did they depleted. even lose? Uh, they lost Malachi Flynn, and they well, lost – Okay, Malachi Flynn transferred last year, and Robert Franks uh, Robert graduated. Franks. He graduated. <clears throat> um, CJ Allaby's back, though. He's good. The crazy hair, he's good. Um, and they hired Kyle Smith, which was an uninspired, boring hire, and I – uh, get mad at them for that. Where was he, was he from? University of San Francisco, um, okay. which they won a lot of games in the WAC because he played. It was like a sound defense, slow offense, use the shot clock, um, and then have a few talented scorers that can win you games. That oh, will that's... not work in the Pac-12. But um, <laughs> he won games. He's from the area. Blah blah blah. And at least it's not Ernie Kent, so good for them. Um, the other new coach is UCLA after a horrible coaching search that did no good for them. Uh, they finally settled on Mick Cronin out of Cincinnati, um, the most Napoleonic coach in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a hard-nosed defensive coach, something that UCLA is known for. You know how their brand of basketball can you, is slow defense and poor offense? Can you imagine their five stars coming in? thinking they're going to play Alfred's system and then getting screamed at by Mick Cronin a year later when they couldn't go one and done. Right. And they're going to not be able to get Ronan Dunn's pretty soon because um, he is not that type of coach. I mean, mm-hmm. he's fine. He'll go to the tournament with them. Yeah. And, but they'll play ugly, ugly basketball that will beat you up. Um, they have talent there, which is nice. But, man, I do not get that hire. Um, so I'm not a fan of either of those hires. I think that hire was – they thought that they could be a hot coaching spot, mm-hmm. and they were not. They shot for the stars, and then they missed, and then they forgot to land on the moon. So now we, here we are <laughs> in a crater with Mick Cronin. Um, <laughs> that was good. Uh, well, thanks. Any Anyways, other those, are, those are new coaches. Um, that was the roster. We went over the roster. We went over the Pac-12. We went over the schedule. I'm excited. You're excited. Real quick, let's do a quick record prediction and conference prediction for CU. Oh, I don't know. All right. I'm going to say they hit over the 20 mark second. again. Obviously. I think I have them at 24 wins. Yep. I was going to yeah. say 24. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 13. Yep. I'm going to say they dropped two non-conference at Kansas and then probably another one. To TCU, um, I'm guessing. Yeah. Maybe three at Arizona State at China. Okay. Um, I have, I think, 12 and 2 in non-con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would say twelve or two or, or eleven and three. Mm-hmm. Oh, I might go ten and four. They might be going ten and four in non-con. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go ten and four. I'm going to go ten and four because I, I I'm going to bet in between the the neutral site against TCU, Clemson, and Dayton and Arizona State. They probably drop one of those at least. I have one of those. I just think it's the TCU. <laughs> And then they, uh, there's going to be a loss that, that makes us mad. Um, okay. And then there's at Kansas, which is a loss. Okay. I think 11 and 3 is safe. Yeah. You know what? I'll go to 11 and 3. Okay. And, and then, then in conference, they lose uh, to Oregon 
at Oregon at least. They probably they, I'm going to say they lose to Washington at home, but I hope they don't. I think they then, will lose. And then at Utah is absolutely I'm going to count as a loss. Um, at Oregon and, State, I'm going to have as a loss. <laughs> I'm going to say at Arizona. So I'm going to say four losses in, in the conference. So that I'll puts say... them around 23 wins, right? 23, 24 wins? Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm going to say <clears throat> puts them in the top four for the first time in Tab Boyle's history. <clears throat> mean they get a Pac-12 bye in the Pac-12 tournament and also puts them in the tournament. Yeah. Tournament team, once again, you call out Buffaloes. I think I have 24 wins, second place in the Pac-12, and then win one or two Pac-12 games. I will also say one or two. I'm glad that neither of us said championship. Yeah. Oh, man, we're scarred. Well, <laughs> that's your call. That's your basketball primer. I'm going to go with the five seed in the tournament. Wow, five seed. Uh, that's, that's not that bad. Or mm, six the five twelve split. They're gonna lose in the five twelve split. Is what no, you're saying? Six seed, six seed. There you go. Also, the fourteen thirteen is the new five twelve. By the way, UC Irvine fourteen seed kicked K no, State's ass last year. Thirteen seed. I think something like a half yeah, of the thirteen seeds. Half yeah. of the thirteen seeds have won the past few years. Yep. Well, that's been your basketball primer. We're both excited. You should be too. Uh, Colorado opens the year officially in China next Friday on ESPN2. Um, kickoff is at, I believe, 7.30. Tip-off. Tip-off. Oh, we're on tip-off now. It's mm-hmm. tip-off season. And this has been officially now in basketball form at the buzzer.